0: Well, you know, our most moving ones are, um, as we've been moving more into the Vietnam ones, those ones are pretty poignant when you get to the wall with some Vietnam vets. They all know somebody on the wall, if not many people on the wall. And they take time to go find them. And um, uh, uh, one gentleman um, found his friend and left his bronze star for him. I have a picture of him putting the bronze star there on the wall, and we were standing there right after he did it. One of the guards, or not guards, but the um, rangers, park rangers, came by with a little group of people. He was giving a tour. said, "Oh my God, oh my God!" He was so excited. We never said a word. Just listened to him tell them people that this is one of the incredible things that veterans do or people do to remember their you know fallen comrades.
1: Welcome to the Storytellers Network Podcast. I'm your host, Dan Moyle. I believe in the power of story, from personal connections to business storytelling. It's what separates us from all other life on earth, I think. And it connects us, right? And we're about to dive into yet another great story with a fantastic storyteller. And before we do, a quick reminder to you that our web, my website, has great resources available, past episodes, contact information for me. Just visit the storytellersnetwork.com for that. And if you're new and you're just kind of testing the waters, kicking the tires, as it were, text storytellers to 31996 to subscribe. Now that, that guest today that I mentioned, a fantastic storyteller, this guy is an inspirational storyteller, which matches season five. He is a photographer and his photographs are inspirational. So this all just works out really well. And this is my first time interviewing somebody who, who isn't a storyteller in the, in the sense that you think of usually like filmmaker, writer, uh, speaker. Jim Swoboda is a photographer. Uh, he is a very, very talented person and he does amazing work with people, with nature, with uh, structures, with just, just amazing photo. You, I, I in the show notes, I'm speechless <laughs> in the show notes. Uh, down below at the bottom of, of, of the article on my website, storytellersnetwork.com, are links to his uh, website and his social media. Go look at his photographs. They are absolutely amazing. And he does great work as a volunteer as well, uh, giving back to organizations that can use photographers. And so he gives his talents to these. And it's just absolutely incredible. And I'm so excited for you to hear how we dig into uh, how, you know, a picture's worth a thousand words. Is it really? Uh, can you create a book of just photographs with no words? Uh, these kind of things, the kinds of things that Jim talks about, are absolutely it's just so much fun. So, I hope you enjoyed today's episode. Uh, so, I'll shut up now and I'll get to the stories with Jim so both on. So, Jim, thank you for joining me uh, tonight, today, whatever time people are listening. I'm recording at night, uh, but thanks for joining me on the Storytellers Network, my friend. I appreciate you taking time, man. Sure, my pleasure. Uh, so the whole idea of the storytellers network is to talk to people who tell stories. Uh, but so often we think of that as like verbal or video film, that kind of stuff. But what I love about what you do, Jim, is you tell stories through photographs. You are a photographer as one of your things that you do. Um, is that what you consider yourself though, as a photographer and storyteller? I've never thought of it in those terms. When I get your initial
0: um, invite to to do this little segment, I was like, well, I guess that's kind of what photos do when you really think about it. So, by default, I guess that <laughs> I can fall into that category.
1: Yeah. Well, and and as I mentioned in the in the intro, one of the ways that we connected was through the Honor Flight program through Talon's Out Honor Flight in so- Southern Michigan. Um, but you also work with Mid Michigan Honor Flight, and so you you take so many great photographs on the trip and you know of the day and everything else, and it tells this story. Do you think of photographs? in that way is like, okay, I need to make sure I get these kinds. Let's say for instance, on an honor flight day, do you think about how to tell the story of the day or are you just looking for moments?
0: It's, it's a little of both. You want to capture the day um, simply by being in all the places that we are, but within those places, you know, I'm always kind of scanning through the lens and just watching. Sometimes I'll see something interesting and I'll just wait and, and it'll stay locked on them until they give you that, that human moment that, that's, that you see, you know, that you've mentioned that you like in my photographs. Cause I think, um, everybody when they're spontaneous and, and don't know they're being photographed, that's when you get your best photos. Um, they're being themselves and, and then taking in the moment of being in Washington or wherever you might be photographing somebody, if you're patient and you watch, and, and especially when I, I, I like to call my, my personal styles, I like to do, um, tight candidates from a long distance. So using telephoto lenses, mm-hmm. when people don't know they're being watched, I'm not trying to be a voyeur or anything, but just trying to capture those moments of humanity when they're just being themselves. And the only way you can do that is, is try to be unobtrusive, try to be a far enough away that they don't necessarily realize they're the subject in the lens. And then you just wait until they get that big smile or that big look or that sad look or whatever it might be on the flights that we're on. And, and, and that's really the secret to capturing those kinds of
1: images is patience and do you like that kind of photography yeah best i i am um, i absolutely abhor opposed photography <laughs> the one shot that we
0: always do in honor flights we're trying to herd the cats and get them into a group picture <laughs> No, that's the most stressful part of the day
1: mm-hmm.
0: um if you do a wedding um, and i do very few um, because weddings have become all about in many cases um capturing the formals, and I really like to capture the informals, the action, if you will. That's why I do a lot of sports. Um, the moments are fleeting, and if you can find the moment and freeze it, and, and you that's how you get some of the best photos um, that anybody can take. If you look through history, like I can remember growing up looking at Life Magazine and all of the po- photos and just looking at them over and over and over again and thinking, God, that's really a really cool photo. I mean, there's so much that that photo's saying or telling or um, you know, from the war in World War II, that was a lot of the photos that you saw, or Vietnam War, especially when I was growing up, <clears throat> you would see war photos and and just mesmerized by the horror of it, and 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 just trying to put yourself in that place and time and wonder what's it like. I mean, what are those? What are those kids feeling? They were, you know, a little older than me at that time. I was a little too young for the war, but they weren't that much older. And you're thinking about, you know, what are they feeling? Are they? I mean, they're so far from home. in the middle of a jungle and and, you know, what are they experiencing? Um, gosh, I I, I can't even imagine being in that position. And so that, that's the context of thinking about the war when I was growing up, you know, when I was in school, um, the world war two guys that we now get get the honor of hanging around with, um, I thought they were ancient and old then (laughs) (laughs) and 40 plus years later, I'm hanging around with them. And this is like the coolest thing in the world. Um, to to spend time with, you know, living history and, um, some really cool gentlemen and women who, who would no if, ands or buts and plain speak, you know, saved our world from a tyrannical leader and, 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 gosh, can you imagine what it would have been like had we not won that war? Mm I think we take for granted would be, would be very different today. But, you know, you, you said a picture's worth a thousand words. That's really why I like photography. Um, you know, if you take video, um, I always say, tell friends, you know, video doesn't lie. Not that lying is good, but a story in a picture gets embellished over the years. Mm-hmm. And, 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 and they take on a life of their own when people recount or, re, or, or remember what they were doing in that picture, or all of a sudden the fish gets bigger, or, mm-hmm. you know, I, I ran 100 yards on that play instead of 10. Um, it's just the storytelling that goes with a picture over time is what makes it a lot of fun um, in a lot of ways. And, and again, if it's a video, you know, video doesn't lie; it is what it is. But pictures um, stimulate the imagination.
1: Mm-hmm. And is and is that where that kind of goes back to you for you, Jim? Is, is those life magazines and those seeing those stories mm-hmm. and understanding that back when you were younger? Is that yeah. where your storytelling um, passion kind of started? Do you think?
0: Yeah, life life magazine. I don't. If your listeners are familiar with it, if they're not, I suggest you Google it and go look because there's archives of some of the greatest photos ever taken for life out there. Mm -hmm. um you know the vast majority of them were black and white um as color came into being life magazine was kind of fading out of existence but um when you when you start looking at the pictures I, i i suspect that most people will remember having seen one or two or more of those images themselves as they were growing up and and can remember the impact i mean there's one there's one in particular i remember um and you can you can google this one as well it's it was a young lady in nineteen forties, I think, who committed suicide by jumping off the Empire State Building. Mm. And she landed on top of a car and the car crumpled the roof and absorbed her fall. And she's laying on there with her arms crossed and she's just laying there peacefully and if you didn't know better, you'd think she's just sleeping. And um that was a picture you, you look at it and it kind of just carved into your mind that, that moment you're thinking, gosh, what was wrong? You know, what went through her head? Why did why did she do this? You know, who did she leave? Um, there's so many, so many um, emotions struck by that one photo. Um, it's one of their iconic images over the years. And then if you um, bring it back to the war that we've been talking about, you know there were some um, incredibly iconic images in, in Life magazine from World War II of soldiers and, and their eyes and, and that longing for home. And um, I remember the one. There's only a handful of um, photographs that ever made it or, or were ever taken from D-Day. And they're grainy and they're blurry, as you would expect, because, you know, the photographer is running for his life. Um, But I think the guy's name was Capra. um, That was a famous war photographer that caught some great images from that time frame. And um, without those images, you know, we wouldn't know what it was like or even if, you know, um, just to understand the horror of war um, and see it in those pictures. In fact, there's a movie that just came out. I don't know if you saw it. Um, uh, Peter Jackson, who did... um, Lord of the Rings trilogy, mm. um, has found hundreds of hours of World War One footage, and he's put together a story of people. Of course, it's somewhat fictional, but he's using black and white film from World War One that he um, mm. colorized and, and tried to bring color to what we all think of as a colorless war because there was no colored film at that time. Um, and it's just hitting theaters now, and I can't wait to see it. Mm. Well, I think it's phenomenal to see and, yeah. and using that footage to kind of create stories around the people in the pictures as if they were real. I mean, well, they were real, but I mean, real lives that they had their stories to be told. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's going to be fun to see and, and opening and, and learning too. So
1: that's yeah. Yeah, incredible. What kind of stories we can tell with that stuff. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. What do you, so I, mean, I can hear the passion in your voice, Jim, but what do you think, is it about story in general that, you, that we love so much? Why do we love these stories that we, that we talk about and we hear and stuff?
0: Well, I think almost every story that anybody
1: connects with is because it strikes
0: some sort of emotion. And that emotion could be a memory. It could be um, of a loved one. It could be a memory of a special place somebody was. It could be a, mem- uh, a memory of a special um, event in a sporting game, a sport event that your team won at the buzzer or whatever it might be that just, you know, kind of brings you back to that point in place and time when you're looking at a photograph. Um, I think most of it has to do with that, the fact that it's nostalgic, it's memory, it it rekindles um, something you felt when you were there at that moment in time. And and those are the unique things I think that come from um, any art form, but in particular for me, from my photography, so yeah.
1: And, and I've heard that I've, I've heard something similar said about like music, you know, you hear a song, oh, yeah. you can go exactly back to your first date or whatever. Do you think the photos are greater than music when it comes to that memory for you, at least maybe?
0: I think there are different triggers for people. Mm-hmm. I mean, smell is the most powerful memory of all. They say mm-hmm. uh, trigger, you'll, you'll pick up a smell and boom, you're whispered back to wherever that might be. For me, there's one in particular, which is a, the, the smell of a burning wood match. When I was growing up, my grandmother, um, she lived on a farm that had um, no electric appliance at the time when I was a little kid, she still cooked on a wood stove. And so the upstairs bedrooms in their farmhouse was heated by the heat from below from the wood stove in the, in the house, in the, in the cellar, if you will. But she cooked on a wood stove as well. So striking that match to light the wood um, meant breakfast was coming <laughs> and I smelled that to the day. And that just whisked me right back to that spot it's, it's a uh, in fact in the, here in the house, my wife goes, what are you doing? I, said, I just need a light to this match. <laughs> <laughs> Take it sure back. Cool,
1: so. Yeah. Well, and it's, uh, and it's there again, it goes back to the story, the powerful story of your grandma and the, you know, the farmhouse and what that meant to you being in her home, feeling safe or whatever. Right. I mean, and i have a lot of pictures um, that we took, we know when we were kids or my dad took when we were up
0: there, many, many of them I've scanned and restored um, and try to, um, preserve those for a long time to come for those who could look at them. And, but, you know, the sad thing is, is most of those kinds of photos after, you know, a generation or two, nobody knows who they are anymore. Mm-hmm. And, you know, for the vast majority of people in photographs, that's, that's a sad reality. Unless you're famous and, you know, here are an Einstein or something that people will know for the next several hundred years who Einstein was. <laughs> right. we put Dan or Jim next to him in a picture and I'll go, who the heck are those guys?
1: Oh yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so. And, and, for, and so on, on a technical side of things, you, you said you, you've scanned them and you've restored them. As a photographer, do you see film versus digital? Do you have a preference? Is it, does, oh, it, does it feel well, different?
0: I, um, I grew up on film. Mm-hmm. Um, the benefit of doing that, I think in, in, in those earlier years of, of, of learning how to shoot, I think you learn a lot more technical things about photography when you were using film. One, one it was ex- quite a bit more expensive, obviously. You, you had a roll of film in your camera, you had 24 or 36 shots, that was it.
1: Hmm.
0: You know, you didn't go on an honor flight and shoot 1500 photos. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, maybe they did. Uh, you know, National Geographic guys and stuff, but I remember reading some of those guys in those early days in a the magazine, they would go and, and, and they'd come home with 150 rolls of film to process. And I'm like, oh my God, you know, thinking that was amazing. Well, it's nothing compared to what we shoot on digital. <laughs> But, um, but at the same time, um, it made you a better photographer because you just didn't go out and hold a button down and you know, get all these pictures and then find one that was good. You learned to anticipate a moment or wait for that moment or you know, just learn how to be in the right place at the right time so that when you did take a frame, you didn't waste it. Mm-hmm. Um, today, people with digital cameras, I think, have the ability to, to think they're a pretty good photographers when the reality is, is they might have one out of 100 that looks good. And the other 99, because they held the button down or, or did, you know, 10 frames a second, um, they weren't in focus or they didn't catch the center of the action, whatever it might be, because they didn't ever have an opportunity to hone those skills. Mm. But um, film, film in the dark room, I still miss that sometimes, but I wouldn't go back. Uh, the things I can do with digital are just uh, light years ahead of what you could do with film and mostly in the area of low light, because I hate to use flash. I want everything to be natural light. Well, you know, I get football pictures at a high school football game on a Friday night under the lights that I, I could only dream of shooting when I was in high school. Um, film just was not sensitive enough to light and never got to the point where it was sensitive enough to light to capture incredible photos under, um, which is average lighting at a high school football game, not like a pro stadium.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: You know, just it's dark.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: Couldn't do, that. Couldn't do that on film. So I would never go back because of that alone. Mm-hmm. Um, the images you can capture in action um, in low light situations just isn't possible.
1: And, and some of the other tools that we have too at our disposal. I mean, I've seen you do some amazing stuff with drone shots. Um, it, are, do, I mean, I got to believe the tools help us become better storytellers, but do, do you also see it kind of ruining some of it? You know, everybody with a cam phone camera and a drone can be a professional.
0: Well, I think at some point in time, I, you know, if you, if you, I've always considered myself in my in my business career being somewhat of a futurist, kind of out there trying to figure out where the edges of the possibilities are, and and I think that if you take digital camera to its logical conclusion, you know if you take video today on your iPhone, it's you know, gosh, it must be about thirty forty times better than anything we ever shot on eight millimeter um, video when that replaced VHS. Um, the resolution is just incredible, but it's still not the same resolution as a photo camera. You know, 4K, we're at 4K in video. They're working on 10K. Um, when they get to 10K, you're going to be close, much closer to the resolution of what you capture when you do a still. And then you got to wonder, do people just video everything and take that one frame that's perfect? You know, there's no skill needed to capture that moment because you just record everything. And then scour the, the the video frame by frame by frame until you find that perfect frame and then that becomes the photograph it'd be interesting to see how that that transpires over the next decade
1: yeah. and and right now i mean there's talk of course of you know virtual reality and augmented reality when it comes to video and that kind of stuff does that i mean and this is like this may not even translate this might be a really dumb question does that translate into still photography at all virtual reality
0: I don't think so. Um, yeah. I have a friend who has an Oculus set. It's pretty amazing to go into, but it's still pretty fake because the Oculus is the, the Cadillac right now for home use of virtual reality, but it, it is not 4K video. It's clearly, um, uh, you clearly know you're looking at an LCD screen. You can see the pixels and stuff, but it's pretty dang amazing the immersiveness that it creates around you. You turn your head and you're, I mean, it's like looking in a real world. We were just down at Disney a week ago and, and waited hours in line for the Avatar ride at um, Animal Kingdom. And you get on what looks like a little bit of a motorcycle with handlebars and stuff. But it's really the back of one of those um, big beasts that they flew in that movie. I can't remember what they call them. Mm-hmm. And you take a ride on one. And you know when the lights go out and this screen in front of you, it, which is bigger than your peripheral vision, um, starts showing this. Three-dimensional flight through the woods and over the cliffs and down to the islands of Pandora, the Hanging Islands. Uh, you you start feeling things that you don't feel in any other movie, like wooziness or dizziness, or um, you're you're immersed in that world. So those things are coming.
1: Um, it's, it's pretty cool.
0: Yeah, when, when you know the crispness of a photograph. When it gets to that point, when they can put that kind of computing power behind it and creating that world immersive, and you and you put those goggles on and you're in it. You'll be like the holodeck on Star Trek.
1: <laughs> and can, and I've seen like, you know, the Facebook has this new 3d images thing and iPhone mm-hmm. has a little bit of that stuff like that. I mean, can you get that immersive and just a photograph do you think at some point? I have
0: a, um, my current drone will do a, a, a full 360 degree bubble yeah. when it's up in the air. And then if you drop it into Facebook or you drop it into a special uh, VR viewer, you can take a mouse around in any direction and see everything.
1: Hmm.
0: It truly is up, down, left, right. It's every square inch of your view is covered from all angles and it does it through 21 pictures. It's amazing. And it does it on a fly. It sits in the, it sits in the air and it snaps the pictures. You can watch it on your, on your phone, what it's doing and it stitches them all together real time. And when you get done, boom, there it is. That's
1: pretty amazing. That's incredible. Do you think that kind of technology helps us tell better stories? Certainly can. I mean, um, I think, you know, there's some
0: early versions of that kind of technology that's been used in Honor Flight to bring, you know, Washington, D.C. to the vets who can't go. Um, I haven't seen the full version. I've seen a couple of their early versions and, and through a little box, uh, Google box, whatever, where you put your cam, your, you know, iPhone in it and kind of see it. Um, it was really crudely done, but the idea was right on target because there's a lot of vets who can't make that trip now you have the ability to put them right there in the center of the world war II memorial. And as they turn their head and look around, they see everything.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, honor everywhere. That's pretty cool. Yeah. You can't duplicate the, um, not
0: yet like Disney does. I mean, if you go down to Disney, you've been there, haven't you? Uh, not the Disney world. No, okay. I've managed to avoid it so far. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, their, their masters are getting money out of your pocket. <laughs> yes, they are. <laughs> but, um, a Bug's Life is an example. I remember seeing it 20 years ago, and it's still relevant today. That was the movie that came out. Um, it was called A Bug's Life from Pixar. Mm-hmm. They have a 3D um, movie that plays with all five of your senses as you sit there. Um, when the stink bug comes on the screen, all of a sudden you smell them. <laughs> <laughs> wow! When the spitting when the spitting wasp is spitting, there's moisture drops hitting you in the face. <laughs> In the air. And you're all wearing 3D glasses, too, you know, so um, and then w- when, when the bee wants to sting you, the back of the seat, there's a little poker that comes out and gets you in the back. Oh, that's funny. Wow. And then they go, please remain seated while the bugs exit the auditorium. And underneath your butt, you feel this. <laughs> they're all running across your seat. Oh, that's funny. So they're playing with all five senses now, huh. um, including that avatar ride, which absolutely played with all five senses. Smell. When we went down into the woods, it smelled earthy. When you were going through the waves in the ocean, you were getting mist in your face and wind blowing at you. Um, So yeah, those things are all coming. Storytelling will be, uh, I mean, it doesn't take a lot of imagination to think that someday we'll go to the movies and you'll be part of the movie.
1: You're right. But but we still have those other simple stories of a really good photograph, uh, a story around the fire or whatever. I mean... It's incredible to be able to go from that to back into your own head.
0: Well, just think of the billions of pictures that are taken every month in this world today because of the iPhone or smartphones. Oh, my gosh. I can't even imagine. Yeah. I mean, they used to talk about, you know, Japan took more pictures than anybody on the planet. And you know that growing up, you see Japanese tourists here and they were taking pictures of, you know, the sidewalk for crying out loud. <laughs> right, right. Now people are doing the same thing with their cell phones. They're yeah. They're everything.
1: Mm-hmm. And the selfie, I mean, oh, my gosh. The most documented generation ever, I think. Yep, Uh, and I
0: sometimes think it's a big secret NSA program we've all fallen into.
1: <laughs> We're just feeding it all right to them, We're aren't we? feeding the data right to the yes, government. But um, the, um, <laughs> uh,
0: in a very short period of time, you know, cameras have been rendered pretty much obsolete. You know, you used to walk into a store and uh, departments still like target or Meyer and there'd be 40, 50 point and shoot cameras you could buy. You walk in there now, and I don't think they carry more than 10, if that, Mm -hmm. Um, because everybody's walking around with an iPhone or an Android phone in their pocket. No need for them. Um, The only thing they do better still is they do have a, because because of the size of the package and are dedicated, the lens has the potential to be a little better, and they're better in lower light situations, and they have zoom and stuff that they haven't figured out to put into a camera um, yet, because iPhone anyway, because it's so thin.
1: Yeah. So you still use full on cameras then, right? To do your, oh, yes. yeah. Yeah I, yeah. I walk around
0: with SOR. So I saw, on vacation last week when I went down to, um, on a cruise into Disney world, I only took my iPhone. <laughs> I said, I'm going to try this, see how this works. I got some good pictures. So, but, um, yeah. but I missed, but I, 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 no, there's things you can't do that you need the other equipment for.
1: Especially when you're doing it kind of, you know, professionally or, you know, for nonprofits yep. professionally, yep. I mean, that's, I consider what you do professional. I mean, gosh. Now you've, you've been published, not just like on Facebook, you've been published, haven't you?
0: Yeah, I am. Actually it's interesting because if you go to the National Geographic, there's a website I look at every day. There's, um, um, they call it the daily dozen where they, um, post 12 pictures that's been curated out of the thousands of people load up all over from all over the world. And I've had three of them make the daily dozen. And then um, one of them that made the Daily Dozen was picked up by a news service in England um, and has been published throughout Europe. And then I just got um, a couple of pages back here a little while ago. A couple of magazines published a drone picture that I took. One in France, one in Spain, I think. Um, Two-page spreads and like National Geographic. So there's my picture in the magazine. It's kind of <laughs> cool. That's awesome. And a little bit of Michigan made it overseas. So.
1: Yeah, baby. I love it. So so staying on that, I mean, you know, we, we talked earlier about the world war two, the um, veterans that you take with honor flight, you know, some of the other photography you do with sports, but you do some amazing natural photography too. Is there like, like what's the difference between those kind of different segments of photos and stories? Do, Do you like one better than the other? Does it, is it just a way to be more creative? What's the difference for you?
0: Well, Sports is all about capturing that moment, freezing something that's happening in a blink of an eye that you would not otherwise see, Mm -hmm. you know, that that running back who dove for the extra yards and he's six inches off the ground, nothing's hit the ground yet, (laughs) you know, you capture that moment that's only there for a fraction of a second, makes for a great photo, but you never saw it with your eye for the most part, Um, go out in the nature and you you know, if you... the Mackinac Bridge is an example. If you want to take a picture of the Mackinac Bridge, how many gazillions of those have been taken? So now the challenge is, hmm, is there a way to take a picture of this bridge that somebody hasn't seen before? Hmm. So, so you, you might go under the bridge and use the long lines and shoot right down the girders, you know, all the way down it, or um, shoot up through the, um, if you could get out underneath a, in a boat and shoot up through the grating and see uh, shadows of cars going on the bridge, you know, different ways to look at the bridge than you might otherwise do. Yeah, that's fun. Same thing in nature, trying to capture something that you might not see otherwise. Mm-hmm. A butterfly landing on a milkweed, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, up close and personal, if you can capture it. Yeah. Those are, again, those are, those are all God's graces around us that most people don't spend time looking at.
1: Do you find that it kind of slows you down a little bit so you could? to, oh, yeah. 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 It makes uh, you and, and,
0: it, and it's a constant reminder of the perfection everywhere that you look you know all, of the how everything in nature is so perfectly constructed when you, when you slow down enough to take time to enjoy it and look at it and capture some different images yeah absolutely
1: pretty amazing to see the creator's handiwork around you isn't it it's i i don't know how anybody
0: uh, with any sense of mind couldn't look around and say this is not an accident
1: right i agree completely everywhere yeah. um so you do you do you do this uh, photography, the storytelling through photos, but that's not necessarily your professional world, is it? I mean, are you? No, no. I, I do
0: just enough to, I do enough paid stuff to pay for the equipment. So Mrs. Salota doesn't get upset when I want a $2,000 lens. <laughs> um. Our wives, but, keep uh, us honest, don't they? <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> Luckily I can do that. So it's not a problem, but um, the, um, uh, my, my, professional career has always been in the business world um, in the grocery industry primarily. So,
1: But you're able to support that, that hobby as it were, and, and with a very professional feel um, through paid gigs. And that's really, that's really sure. cool. So there's hope for other storytellers basically.
0: Oh yeah. I mean, if, if you do it and you have the passion and you start looking around this, this people pay for your work. Absolutely.
1: And how do you go about finding those and getting your story out there to people that, that you do this? Well, Unfortunately for me, I never had the financial need to do it.
0: So so a lot of the things that came on my way for, for paid gigs or whatever is because I gave away so much. Hmm. People go, man, you, you get some good stuff, can I hire you for this or hire you for that? So uh, as an example, Broadway, Grand Rapids musicals on the stage down at DeVos Hall, I do their house photography. and. Um, it's one of my favorites to do. I've mastered the lighting and stage lighting and, and, and get just, you know, shots again that you don't even see from the audience perspective, using telephotos and get right up to their faces and catch their moments when they're singing and um, or or giving you that crazy look because there was something strange going on in the musical, and it's just
1: fun. So. Mm-hmm and how and so so let me so let me get get some professional advice from you how do you capture people while they're talking or acting and not make them look like they're making a ridiculous face <laughs>
0: what does mean i haven't got some of those then you got then, then you take the artistic um discretion and say no nah, i'm not gonna do that one <laughs> right i'm not gonna make i don't exist to try to make somebody look bad oh well, you could sometimes sure of course but a lot of those don't see the light of day i won't
1: i won't do that yeah yeah those are hard i've noticed that when somebody's you know, like even on a Sunday morning when my pastor has given a really good message, I'm like, I want to get a shot of this and share it on Instagram. Like, yeah. oh, his, his eyes are closed. Oh, he's got this yeah. funny mouth. He always got, how yeah. oh, hard. Patience. You
0: know, if I'm doing an orator, speaker or whatever on stage, you know, people don't really always look great when they're mouthing words and stuff. But occasionally you'll catch one where it's perfect mm-hmm. that, you know, what you don't know what they were saying because you really don't. I mean, I, I can see a musical down at DeVos Hall <clears> and shoot the first half hour, an hour, whatever they allow us to do from a copyright perspective. And um, and realize I saw nothing. So <laughs> focused on capturing the moment, you don't hear it, you don't know what's going on. Because I I will go the next night with my season tickets. I go God, I don't remember that. I don't remember that. <laughs> you know, so uh, you you really don't really know what's going on per se in the detail because you're so busy trying to capture this image. Mm-hmm. That's when you find out we really don't multitask like we think we do. No, not at
1: all. I agree, so. and the research shows it. So yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah, Jim. If you could do one photo session, one photo story, one photography project, what would your dream be? Do you think, or like even like past, present, future, whatever? I mean, oh, what would, two, would your dream two or three be? of them.
0: Two or three of them.
1: Yeah.
0: Right now, I'd love to sit on an international international space station in the cupola and shoot the Earth all day. <laughs> Amen. From two hundred and some miles high, um, um, or or even have the opportunity to stand on the moon and shoot the Earth. That would be way cool. Um, I think it'd be fun to be the White House photographer for a day. Mm. I don't think I'd want to do it for four years or eight years. I know George Bush's photographer, his eight years, he was the one that brought digital into the White House and um, started out film in 2000. And by the end, they were digital. He created the systems for cataloging and everything because you don't throw anything out when you shoot the White House. Everything's national records. Mm. So even the bad pictures get archived somewhere. Mm. You can't just delete them. They don't let you. But he... he. um in his eight years cataloged 8.5 million pictures, I think. Wow, um, is the number I, I went and saw him speak here at the Ford Museum and, and got his book, um, where he, where he published some of his favorites. And, um, I think he said eight and a half million. And I can't imagine what Obama's presidency his photographer D'Souza, uh, Souza's is his last name. I think he's got an Instagram feed I follow just to see what pictures he, he posts and, and from those eight years, and um. It's always great to see some of the scenes that the public never sees, um, and the same thing, I'm sure somebody at Trump White House, whoever is doing the photography it's going to be in the millions of photos mm-hmm. in the time frame they're there, especially since it's digital.
1: That would be a pretty cool assignment, wouldn't it yeah,
0: but but, yeah. but to do it for four years, or whatever I mean, you're on call, you know I mean, they have a staff because one person can't do it, right uh, there might be three or four on the team, but somebody's always around the president, you know. Cause you don't know when the moments are going to occur and they want to photo document everything. Mm -hmm. So I think when he goes to bed at night, that's good night. That's it. When he gets up in the morning, you're right back at it. (laughs) It could get, it could get really tiring. I think after a little while.
1: Yeah. Well, it seems like any, any cool job that you love can probably get that way. Right. It becomes just a job that you're like, okay, I just want to take a vacation.
0: But I, but now after, as you were talking to us, we started this thing with Honor Flight, come back around. Um, I've got thousands of images now from the many flights I've been on. I'm trying to figure out how to tell the story with those. Um, and as you know from your involvement in it, we didn't always get or don't always have a paragraph or a name for every vet mm-hmm. that, we, that we could go look at. So how do you, how do you tell the story of all these pictures without any, um, I guess, credit or notification as to who the person is? So I, I haven't done anything yet. But there's enough history there uh, in these men and women that we've seen that I, I can't just let it sit.
1: Oh, yeah, absolutely. Are you? Um, do you talk to Stephen Brown at all with uh, in D.C.? No. About what I, he does?
0: Is? is he the one that's always at every plane with a vest on and a hat?
1: Uh, I think so, yeah. He's al- yeah. he's always at the World War II Memorial. He's got a couple of photo books, and he's incredible. I think I know who it is.
0: Yeah. I'll have to touch base with him.
1: Yeah. He's done some stuff as well. And I, don't, I get there. Like you said, man, I don't, I don't know how you can do any kind of captions other than just here's, here's a veteran in their moment I just yeah, let I, it I, be. Yeah. yeah, I, It
0: almost has to be a book without any words and mm-hmm. I don't know how that would play or how that would work, but it's pretty easy to do now with Apple's iBooks and stuff. You can you know put together one and, and do even a test one. So mm-hmm. see how people um, respond to it. So
1: Absolutely. What is, what's a life changing Story for you. What's is there a story out there that that you that you heard or were a part of or something that you saw that just totally changed your life? Hmm. Or maybe a storyteller that did. Well, no. There's there are
0: some storytellers that I, I admire greatly that um, I have not found the emotional. Um, Um, strength to go do there. There's a need for photographers to, to, um, be in the children's hospitals and document, um, for parents, the last days of a child
1: Hmm. terminal.
0: I would love to share my talent, but I, I selfishly, I, I can't put my heart through that.
1: Oh my goodness. I can't even imagine. So, so,
0: so, yeah. Those those guys. When I think of those people who are able to do that, or I don't know how you wall it off, but I I just couldn't do it. I, I have too much love for kids. So I just I it would tear my heart apart.
1: Yeah. And there are folks that do that, then, huh? Yes, there are. Wow.
0: There are. Yeah. Um, there's there's several even on the adult side in hospice that that will work with them and help you know families create some lasting uh, final memories of their loved ones. Hmm. Uh, those are just too hard. But I admire them greatly for being able to do it.
1: Oh yeah, I had no idea. Yeah, and that's all volunteer work too. So. Oh okay. Man, there's a lot of great opportunities to volunteer and hone your skills and, and, and change the world out there as a storyteller, isn't there? Absolutely, absolutely. Um, if you have a passion for it and a talent to share, um,
0: and you are fortunate enough in your career where you're at um, to be able to give away your talent, then absolutely, I think it's a great it's a great reward for both the person giving it and certainly for the organization or people who are receiving.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, as a, as a former uh, honor flag, I appreciate the, the, what you did for us. Uh, it's yeah, it's, it's incredible. The stories you can tell through photography and, and just yeah, through mo- any kind of storytelling, you know, that connection is, is amazing.
0: Well, you know, our most moving ones are, um, as we've been moving more into the Vietnam ones, those ones are pretty poignant when you get to the wall with some Vietnam vets. I, yeah, I can imagine. One, they're a lot younger than the World War II guys. Two, a lot of them haven't been there. Um, And three, they all know somebody on the wall, if not many people on the wall. Mm. And they take time to go find them. And um, uh, uh, one gentleman um, found his friend and left his bronze star for him. Wow have a picture of him putting the bronze star there on the wall. And we were standing there right after he did it. One of the guards, or not guards, but the um, rangers, park rangers, came by with a little group of people. He was giving a tour. He goes, oh, my God, oh, my God. He was so excited. We never said a word. Just listened to him, tell them the people that this is one of the incredible things that veterans do or people do to remember their you know, fallen comrades. Um, back here in October, we had another gentleman that his high school friend, that he went to war with didn't make it through the first tour, and um, he laid a, a picture and a right and a, a personal note to him on the wall, and it happened to be about four rows up from the bottom, so it's all right there. And he had never been to the wall, hmm. and as he's sitting there um, kneeling, and you can just see the emotion. And we even had a mom who found her son's name on the wall. Hmm. So who was one of our guardians. So yeah, the wall is going to be some incredible over the next two or three years as more Vietnam. vets go. It's going to be some of the most emotional things I think we've seen.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, God bless your work, man. Appreciate it. You guys got it
0: started. So God bless you guys. <laughs> <laughs>
1: it's a privilege. Um, so a lot of these stories that you're sharing, right? Like right not even with the honor flight stuff, I mean, those get told on social media quite a bit. And I know that, you know, I've, I even, you know, to this day follow along, as you're doing these things how has social media changed the landscape of storytelling whether it's photography or general storytelling how do you see social media changing all of that for us
0: oh that's so interesting in today's world the whole social media thing is so abused and out of control Hmm. Um, what it could be and what it is are two different things Um, when I scour my Facebook page every day and, and look at friends and stuff, I'm looking for their stories. I'm looking for the things they're doing personally and the fun they're having and life, you know. Um, unfortunately, those are few and far between today. And It's more the anger and hate and, and, and stuff that people keep spewing because they can do it from a keyboard behind a screen and think they're kind of anonymous or immune from criticism. And it's just, you know, that's the ugly part. It's not the tools being abused. hmm You know, hopefully that 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 will wash itself out of our society over the next couple, three years. Don't know. But um, and and I'll get back to the incredible amount of things that can be shared. Um, I I would have died to be in school with the Internet at my fingertips when I think about the things we had to do in school. (laughs) Right. Yeah, completely. Anybody who's a lifelong learner. Oh, my God. The Internet's a godson. Everything everything you want to learn or find out about you can
1: and i think that's one of the things i love about instagram is that i think what you described as like the toxic environment is very much twitter very much facebook but i feel like instagram is so much more of the story it is i don't follow too many because you could get to the point where you could
0: never get through your day Mm -hmm. if you follow hundreds and hundreds of people as you're um, pushing through with the new stuff but yeah there's a lot of people who are spending time just sharing stories. One of my feeds I love is Yellowstone National Park, and there's always cool things going on there. Mm -hmm. You know, winter is starting to show up, and you see pictures of the guys. I have a friend of mine who continually puts pictures up of his cat Cosmo in different places. (laughs) Storytelling, you know?
1: Cat Uh, pictures on the internet.
0: (laughs) Yeah. And I like to go to Voodoo Donuts and try to figure out what's their donut of the day or week. Voodoo Donuts is based out of Portland, Maine, and they have some, uh, I'm sorry, Portland, not Oregon and they're uh, world famous donuts, So that's an incredible one to follow and fun again. Not so much a story, but just fun. I see yours out here with a picture. you got your Christmas tree and tinsel going up.
1: <laughs> yeah, we did a Christmas tree this weekend. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. I'm looking right now. Oh, that's funny. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I, yeah. That's the kind of, I love, I love Instagram for that. I love seeing, seeing people's story through their own viewfinder kind of a thing. Like it's just, it's, it's I think it's gonna be really cool. I post sometimes on Instagram a photo I've taken, or sometimes I'll post
0: um, the crazy sign that you might see. It just kind of makes you go, huh? <laughs> I had one a couple, three weeks ago I put out. It was over here um, at a Arby's after the first snowfall. and As I'm driving through the Arby's, there's the, the order tower. You know, order here and a speaker, but right next to it, they took time to build a little snowman.
1: Ha, ha, ha.
0: So I'm like, what a great little place to have some fun! And the fact that their 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 work crew did that tells you a lot about the management in that particular building.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. So there's right one outside stores?
0: a restaurant. Water for dogs. There's a bowl on the sidewalk here in Grand Rapids with a sign up, um you know try uh, like clapboard sign above it. Water for dogs or people with all standards. We don't judge.
1: <laughs> I remember seeing that one on your feed. Yeah, that was a good one.
0: <laughs> so you know, it's fun to see those various things out there like that. Mm-hmm.
1: We can find inspiration in a lot of places, right? Just bring some joy. Absolutely. Absolutely.
0: Call out the fun, call out the absurd, you know, whatever it is that makes people happy and and makes them laugh. Mm -hmm. Like here's one, here's one in New Orleans way back uh, a couple of years ago. There's this incredibly engraved plaque in the sidewalk right in front of this restaurant. It says on this site in
1: 1897, nothing happened. (laughs) (laughs) Not everything's historic. Sometimes nothing happens. (laughs) That's good. That's good, man. This has been fun, Jim. I appreciate your time. Um, I, I mean, you have such a passion for storytelling. I, I love your photography. It is, it is what brings me joy so often. Uh, and your bad puns. Those are awesome. <laughs> nice. Actually, there's no such thing as a bad pun. They're all good ones. So, um, well, it depends what people think of puns. Most people, some people think
0: puns all are bad. I, I <laughs> love Other people all. think they're hilarious. <laughs> I like plays of words. So.
1: very much so. Um, but if, so if somebody said to you, Jim, you can, you can tell no more stories uh professionally uh f- you know for fun or anything what would your last story look like what would it be oh that's a oh, that's a loaded question
0: you know i i i don't know <laughs> there's so many things you you could you could focus on um probably my family what they're up to, where they're going, where I see them going, and if I couldn't see them again, I'd probably wanna, you know, paint a picture of their future selves.
1: I like that. Paint a pu- Paint a future picture of themselves, and hopefully, it comes true. Yeah, that's good, man. Speak life into them. It'll work, right? Yeah. That's the hope. Yeah. Yep, good. Absolutely. That's a that's a good last story, man. I appreciate you sharing that. Um, where's the best place people can uh, connect with Jim Swoboda?
0: Um, well, if you would go to my website, um my contact information, everything exists there.
1: Perfect. We'll link it in the show notes, man. Thanks for your time tonight, my friend. It's been a pleasure. Thank you, Dan. Once again, thank you so much, Jim. Uh, really appreciate it. Jim Swoboda, everyone. You can connect with him uh, at, in the links in the show notes. And if you enjoyed the episode, please share with someone, post it to social media, text it to someone, just stop them on the street and tell them about the Storytellers Network. Uh, And if you want to share your story with me, go to thestorytellersnetwork.com, hit contact Dan on the contact page. You can send me an email, let me know what you love or maybe don't love about the show and just connect. Until next time, here's to telling our stories and having those stories to tell. Cheers.